Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to our Too Hot to Handle bonus episode. Are you excited on me? Julie, I've been waiting my whole life for this. I know. I, I truly, I know you have. I mean, listen, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I'm not really a TV watcher, which I know is surprising with our job, but I love some quality reality television. And that is what Netflix gave us with this show. Am I right? You are. There are certain shows that you like, it takes a lot to get you to watch a show. And then there are just certain ones that you become so obsessed with. Like, and I'm talking about you personally, like that you become so obsessed with that like you can't do anything other than talk about them. And you are so lucky that we have a podcast that you're able to do that. And I'm lucky because I can't even imagine how often I'd have to hear about these if we didn't just have a podcast to talk about them on. No, it's first of all, it's my therapy session. And second of all, I also feel so grateful that we're in a position where it's like, I have a you know, a question for Francesca and I actually got the chance to ask her, you know what I mean? Like right. this is my dream come true in terms of reality television. Like my, however, you know, 14 year old self watching Jersey Shore, this is what I dreamed of this exact moment. Right. Like that's the beauty of reality TV though, is like you actually get your answers. Exactly. So the way that this is going to kind of go down, um, basically we interviewed Francesca, Sharon, Chloe, and David. And we'll kind of do it similar to our Love is Blind bonus episode. So we'll sprinkle the interviews in throughout the show. Julie and I will pop in in between just to kind of debrief for a second. And in the middle, um, we spoke with Jerry O'Connell, who (laughs) it's like, this is actually how it happened. He had made some sort of too hot to handle post. Justin Long commented on it and we posted it. And someone commented being like, are you guys going to talk about this on the podcast? And we were like, yeah, of course. And he commented and was like, guys, if you, you know, if you want to guess, call me. So I texted him. I was like, you want to come on? And he basically is just as obsessed with the show as we are. So we talked to him for a couple minutes just to get his thoughts, which <laughs> I loved. He has similar taste in TV to you. <laughs> he, does. he gets really, really excited about these things. It's actually very funny and very cute. He's, yeah, he's really into Bravo, really into reality television. I also just think it's that funny thing we always talk about of like how Chrissy Teigen views the Bravo celebrities as like, the biggest celebrities and same thing with Jerry O'Connell, who, you know, he's a successful actor. Meanwhile, he puts these reality people on a pedestal because he loved watching the show. It's just, it's very relatable. It's very funny. I, that's like one of my favorite things is celebrities that are obsessed with reality TV stars. Yeah. So before we cut to the interviews, which we will do in a minute, I just wanted to spend one second talking about what we think it was that made this show so great. And I've really been doing a lot of thinking on this. And I think that for a show that came across at at the you know at first glance so superficial, and I guess they just set us up to be like to be completely unstimulated mentally, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm not saying that this was any sort of mental workout watching it, but what I will say is it actually went a lot deeper than I think any of us expected. Yes. 
And I think that it had, like, I think there was much more to the show and much more legitimacy to, like, the relationships they were trying to create than I actually expected. Yeah, because I think that, you know, like, I think there were two sides of people that's, that when this show first came out, there was a whole side that was like, oh my God, four weeks without sex. What what are they acting like? That's some feat. But I think that you have to, it's all relative. And for these people, that's unheard of to be dating someone for a month and not sleep with them. Right. That's that's not something they've ever really done. And, and that's not me making assumptions. That's what they said, like forming those emotional connections. So to watch it happen, I just thought was really fucking interesting. I also think that when the show was explained, like if you were, if somebody was telling you about the show and they'd be like, well, they're on an island and they can't have sex and it's four weeks. Like the part that they leave out in the description to you, like to get you to watch is the fact that like the purpose behind them not having sex isn't just like you can't have sex. It's like you're all people that have issues in that area with forming intimacy and like forming actual relationships. And this is an actual problem that you have that we're trying to fix. When people explain that, they don't explain it that way. They just make it seem like it would be any random person going to this island. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. Like the the four weeks to some people may be nothing, but for these people, that was a huge like personality shift. And right. I don't know. I, was, I, I loved every second of it. So we're going to start with the interview with Francesca, which by the way, Julie had some major, I don't know what is going on. We had with, a lot of, we had a lot of technical issues throughout all of these interviews, I think. Let me just tell you something that this podcast was our biggest technological nightmare thus far. I don't know what happened. It would be mid interview and Julie's audio would just cut out and she couldn't hear anyone. So if you don't, if you hear her not talking, it's not because I wouldn't let her get a word and it's because her thing literally died out mid and she was texting me like, holy shit. So that's a, you can, you may be able to hear the, hear it in my voice at some points, but we kind of just kept it rolling. I think that my ability to not be overly frazzled by the technological situation as as you know, how I get with technology that doesn't cooperate is a feat for me. Julie, I think that quarantine is really making your patience grow and I have loved witnessing it. Oh, thank you. So we're starting with Francesca. Listen, she was, uh, to me, the most entertaining on the show. And I think she's really easy. It's, it's, she's the, she, as she said in, in the interview, like she thought she was going to be the villain. And I think some people did view her as the villain, but I... I, I liked her. Like on the show, she drove me a little crazy. In talking to her, she's really like cool and down to earth. And I think she owns her shit. And like, what more can you ask of a person, you know? Well, I think that also when you're watching a reality show, the one thing that you expect from people is that they're going to be real with you. Like that is your literally the only requirement of going on a reality show is that like, if you're going on something that's real, then you have to be as real as that. And I think that she brought that to the table from day one. I totally agree. So let's cut to that and we will catch you guys after. I first just want to know, like, how has your life changed since being on the show? Um, like since the show came out or since filming? Would you well, say? since both, but first just since the show came out, because I was watching your followers and obviously life isn't a reflection of followers, but it was a massive growth. I mean, you went from like 400,000 to what, 2 million or something last time. I'm at 3 million now. Oh my God. I I know. Crazy. It's been like, oh, it's been like nine days since the show came out and I've grown like 22 million and 700,000. It's like ridiculous. Insane. How do you feel, you know, you were perceived? Like when you watched back, did you feel like you were edited fairly? What did you think when you were watching it? Yeah. So I spent honestly the last year since filming, just kind of preparing myself to be the villain because in the retreat, I wasn't everyone on the cast, number one fan. So I was expecting myself to be portrayed as the villain. And I kind of, in a sense, was like that because I was losing everyone money. But I'm happy with how my character came across. Of course, there's some cringe moments, but I just kind of have to own everything that I did and like all the parts that I regret saying. Like I did say those things. Like I thought I was whispering. Obviously, those mics catch everything. So <laughs> they do really portray like the highest highs of your personality and the lowest lows. So mm-hmm. I'm obviously not like how I was on the show 24 seven, you know what I mean? Like I'm usually like a calm, chill person, but the show catches like every aspect of your personality and portrays you in like the craziest ways. But I'm happy overall with how, how I came across. Did you think in any world that you would go on and meet someone that you would fall in love with? Honestly, no. Like I, I have been in love before. My first boyfriend, I, I loved him, and I thought that that was. I thought I was never going to have that again. And meeting Harry and falling so hard for him, 
makes me think that like every relationship I had in the past was just like a sham because of how obsessed with him I am. Like I talk to him every day and I'm like, how crazy is it that we met each other? Like, it's just so mind boggling to me that he would out of everyone in the world that like my, I feel like my person was on that retreat. I feel like he was handpicked from like the gods for me and the fact that he was there and I was there and we met just still boggles my mind. Like it's still so crazy to think about. Isn't that so crazy? Like you were two people from completely opposite sides of the world. I know. Like we would have never met if it wasn't for the show. And I like, I thank the producer that DM'd me and got me on the show. I literally thank her every day. I'm like, you've changed my life. Like, thank you so much. Like you're going to be at my wedding. I'm just letting you know. Like I just feel very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, were you guys from the second the show was over, have you been boyfriend, girlfriend since? There was no break? So we did take a break. Um, he came to visit me in Vancouver. We went to Ontario to visit my family, meet all my friends. And then I did the same with him in Australia. But um, it was hard going from being attached at the hip 24-7, literally 24-7, no breaks, to being on opposite ends of the world. So we needed that little break to kind of just be grateful and be more appreciative of each other. And it allowed us to just be really strong. Like I feel like since the day we met on the show, um, our relationship has just been put through like the world when we have all these crazy tests with like the Kells, the Corey, the, the kissing, the breaking, the ro- losing the money, the long distance, the court now with now the quarantine, like our relationship has been this massive, like sh- hurdles that we've had to get over, but we're stronger than ever. And I wouldn't change anything that's happened because it just proves that we can like handle anything that gets yeah. at us. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, um, you guys have definitely become a lot more active on social media and I see that you're doing some like couple stuff on YouTube. Was that something? Cause I know Harry had like a brief stint on a reality show in Australia. Mm-hmm. And obviously you, like you said, you were, you know, you were an influencer, you were a model. Um, was that something that you had talked about doing together? Like kind of this entertainment or did it happen naturally? I think both of us are just naturally kind of good with this kind of stuff. Like the YouTube videos come very naturally. And I think what bonded us on the show as well was like, I was looking for someone who was kind of similar on the same level with me. So that understood social media and wouldn't be like, Ew, why are you posting this? Like if I post like a lingerie photo, a usual boyfriend would be like, okay, I'm kind of like, that's not what I want to see, but he's my hype man. He's like, you look so good. Yes. Get those nipples out. Like he is. Nice. <laughs> and I feel like I'm the same with him. Like when he posts thirst traps on his stories, I'm like, damn, you look so good. Like we're just like on the same level and we both understand like social media and we want to be like very open with the people that follow us and we want to show like who we really are. So the fact that we're so on the same wavelength with that has just been amazing. Have, how has jealousy played into your relationship? Because what it seemed to me, I actually feel like you guys seem to really trust each other. You know, like there isn't that added jealousy factor that I think one could anticipate that would come with just like with the, with the turf in terms of your presences on social media. Yeah. So when I first met him and we were kind of getting to know each other, I told him like, obviously there's a bunch of people that DM me and like I told him my dating history and I was very very, very, very open, almost probably too open. Like I told him all of my exes, basically everyone I've slept with that would come up, come up and be a concern. And he was just really supportive of all of that. And I feel like because we've been so honest from day one, that like everything that's happening now in regards to the followers and stuff like that, we just have that foundation built on this trust. So as long as we keep the communication open and are honest, like if he's like, Oh, Hey, like, someone DM'd me like whatever, whatever and stuff like that. Like as long as we talk about it, then that trust is always there. Yeah. I want to ask you this and we can absolutely cut it out if you don't want to answer. I I promise you, but what there's all these Diplo rumors. Is that a confirmed thing? Okay. So I don't know how these rumors started. Um, Wes and I have been friends for like six, seven years now. Um, I've known him since, forever ago like we met when he came to Ottawa for a festival and we've been friends we've hung out on and off for that period of time like I last time I saw him was a few months ago in Las Vegas so we're still we're still really close like we hang out um when I'm in the same area or when he's in my hometown or whatever whatever but we were never like exclusively dating or anything like that we were just like friends that you know hung out every now and then and hooked up and stuff like that. So it was never like an exclusive relationship, but we were 
we were, yeah, we were really close. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people love to blow that kind of stuff up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we were never boyfriend and girlfriend, but we, you know, we were hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. You're too, no, I get it. You're too, yes. Attractive people that like to have fun. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If friends with benefits would be the term. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I wanted to ask you, I have like some specific show questions that I know other people were curious about also. And I know it's all water water under the bridge now, but the scene with the whole Corey situation with Chloe, Mm -hmm. when you watched it back, like, how did you think, what did you think about her reaction? What did you think about, like, if you were to do it all over again, would you have gone on the date? Um, with him because I know you, you you obviously handled yourself really well but I was just kind of curious how that was watching it back so um obviously of course like it the easiest route in that kind of situation is to blame the girl no one really wants to blame the guy it's just an easy cop-out to say oh like how could she do that to me but in that situation up until that point Chloe and I weren't really friends on yeah. the show we would share clothes and share makeup but we didn't confine in each other. We didn't really have that relationship. So when I was asked to go on the date, it's not like I had a period where I could have been like, oh, I'm going to talk to Chloe. It was like I was asked and then I was rushed off and then I went. So I wasn't really thinking about Chloe at the time, which again was me being a little bit selfish. I should have considered her more, but because our relationship wasn't that, you know, we weren't bonded to the extent where I felt like I needed to. I realized afterwards that maybe I should have considered her feelings a little bit more and I apologized to her for that. But when she confronted me in the bathroom, like I was tired. I had just washed my makeup off. I didn't feel like being attacked. Like it was a very long day. Like I just did the date. I had just talked to Harry and stuff like that. Like I just really didn't feel like entertaining it because I felt like it could have, if she wanted to have a discussion about it, it could have been discussed the next day or a different situation. And I just, wasn't really in the mood and I'm, I'm really not a confrontational person. So when I get confronted with stuff, I kind of just like take it. And I don't think there was anything I could have said at the moment that would have been beneficial to that conversation. I was like, okay, if you're done with me, that's fine. Like another day, maybe I'll apologize. But right now, like I'm like, I'm gonna get to bed. Yeah, no, you were super just like, let it roll off your back. Yeah. That's yeah. like how I am with everything. Honestly, like you could tell Haley was the one who was kind of speaking up in situations I usually stay more reserved. Like unless I'm really, really, really passionate about something, then I'll speak up. But usually I'm just like not confrontational and I hate arguing. Like it's just like, I I can't do it. Yeah, no, I know that was, it was an interesting dynamic with you guys, you and Haley. And are you still, are you two still close? Yeah, we're still close. We talk every day. Do you think like, I, I heard you, I think, I forget where I was, I was listening to one of your interviews. I think it was maybe with E where you were saying that, you know, her, a lot of the good qualities about her got cut. Like, you don't know if she got the Ferris editing job. Yeah. Um, but it, I, as a viewer, like, I don't know, as a viewer, you're frustrated with her as her character because you felt like there was this no desire for growth. But I guess as someone on the inside, do you just feel like her person wasn't necessarily there? Yeah, so she definitely... So the rules were dropped. Obviously we found out we couldn't have sex and we were there to learn about ourselves. She was not down for that. Like she didn't really enjoy any of the other guys on the cast. She's like, oh, they're not my type. I don't really feel anything towards them. I don't really care to get to know them. And she just really didn't want to immerse herself in the experience. And obviously she probably maybe regrets not taking advantage of trying to grow because it is a once in a lifetime opportunity, but she was being herself and her good qualities in regards to she always had my back. Like she's honestly a very sweet person, but in that environment, she just was not in the mood to be there and she didn't really want to form relationships and she volunteered to go home a few times. So it wasn't shocking to me when she did get eliminated, but she is a genuinely nice person. She's a woman's woman. Like she didn't really have beef with any of the other girls. It was more just her having my back and getting a lot of backlash for having my back. And that was just her like natural reaction was to just be like, I'm over it. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that. I mean, I think you guys, at the very least, there was definitely the, like, no one can say she's not loyal. <laughs> she's the most loyal friend. And honestly, she's hilarious. Like she was so entertaining to have with me there. Like we were so sneaky. Like a lot of the, our sneaky little scenes weren't shown, but we had a few days before the kiss was revealed that it was us, that we were just like running around like little minions, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, 
you kissed who? Like it was just like a lot. Yeah. I I wanted to ask you like behind the scenes stuff, like what, what was it like being there just in general? Because obviously not all day was workshops, you know, what, what what did you guys do? So we woke up, we ate breakfast really, really early, right when we woke up and then we would shower, we would get like basically a brief of what was going to happen that day. If there was going to be a workshop, if we needed to get ready, if they wanted to have certain chats between people and stuff like that. But on downtime, we would just play games. There was some football, some soccer balls. We would throw them around in the pool, play Marco Polo, play chicken fights on the shoulders in the water. And me and Harry, like towards the end, we would just, um, him and I would grab a towel and grab some snacks and then go off to the corner of the retreat and just like talk about life and like get to know each other better. So it was a lot of just getting to know each other and playing games basically and like entertaining ourselves because of course we had no like entertainment devices there. So we were just like, yeah, honestly it was amazing and it makes me want to go back because it was just like such a crazy experience. Well, I think like, obviously getting to know each other, but I think also getting to know yourself, like you exactly Mm -hmm. in in such a short amount of time. And I feel this way with so many people. Like I said the same thing to Sharon because I genuinely felt as a viewer, like you really saw the evolution, like your core of who you are stayed the same, but even just in the way that you dealt with situations, I felt like change. And I mean, the most, probably the biggest um, testament to that was you guys not sleeping together when you could. Yeah. So I was like going in, I think Harry as well. We were both hotheads. We were little shits. We were running around. We didn't care personally speaking for him as well. We didn't care about anyone else. We were breaking the rules. And as you go through it and you go through these workshops and you learn about your own emotions, you learn about everyone else. You see how everyone else is immersing themselves. You really realize like, okay, I need to be more considerate of other people's feelings. And I need to really reevaluate the way I'm handling situations. Cause obviously I'm here. I was put on this retreat for a reason. Some producers saw something in me that needed me to be here and that I needed that growth. So everyone I think went in with a certain personality type, like very like hotheaded and slept around and was unable to form meaningful relationships. And by the end of it, we all like changed for the better. Aside from you two, obviously, who did you see the most growth in? Um, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I don't know. I can't That's okay. Really. You don't have to answer. I was just curious. Yeah. Cause I'm just not a, a number one fan of the people that did show growth on the show. So yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Can I have, I have like a very specific question, but everybody was curious. So you're in the room that night, right? And you had however much money on the line to not sleep together. What did you do? Like you couldn't uh, even touch. Yeah, basically like we went into it thinking, okay, we can't have emotional conversations because if we start getting into like how much we love each other and if we sit down beside each other and talk, we're going to end up kissing. Like that's what we knew or we're going to end up accidentally hugging or something like that. So we wanted to keep it really lighthearted. We played hide and seek, like Harry had a <laughs> bed, I stuffed myself in a drawer. Like we just played fun games. We were up all night just like playing games and like having fun with it because we wanted to just keep it very lighthearted because we knew, yeah, again, like I said, like if we were to talk about stuff and accidentally slip, we it, we would, wouldn't even have meant to. And yeah, it was just, it was easy. It was fun. Like we just wanted to prove to the group that what we had was real, so and you did. Oh my God. I was like celebrating. <laughs> like I was, I was yeah. so excited. <laughs> I know. And there was a point where like he, I, I didn't have a hair elastic. So I needed to put my hair up to wash my face, to wash my makeup off. And so I wrapped my hair in a towel and Harry held the towel on my head while I washed my face. It was like, it, it wasn't shown, but it was like really funny. <laughs> and then that's why the next day when they're like, Oh, did you touch? And we're like, shit like you touched my head and when it was in a towel like does that count? like he, he was whipping me with these sex toys I'm like you touched me with a sex toy does that count so that's why we were like oh we don't know like we hope so we were I was sweating like up until she said that we were cool and we didn't lose any money I was sweating because I was like oh my god these little things like what if that what yeah. if that ruined us you know what I mean so it was oh it was stressful, but it ended up anxiety provoking yeah, for sure exactly. 
So do you guys think like going forward, because I know you, you're serious, will we see more of you in the entertainment space? Like, could you, let's say hypothetically speaking, you're offered with a reality show. Is that something you would be into, the two of you? I think, yeah. Like I would do something definitely with Harry. I don't think I would ever do something similar to what I just did because I learned about myself enough and I don't think it would be the same experience doing it again because you can, you can really only, only experience something like that once, Mm -hmm. you know, being like your genuine self. So yeah, if an opportunity arises for something to do with Harry, that would be great because I get to spend more time with him and it would be fun. And I know, I feel like the response for both of our characters has been so positive. So I feel like it would be entertaining to watch. So it's not something we're like, yeah, we definitely be open to the idea. I mean, you guys are so like, like you or hate you, whatever it is, which I personally really liked you, but I know, listen, yeah. not everybody, you can't be everybody's cup of tea. At the yeah, very exactly. least, you are so entertaining to watch, like yeah. beyond so. So I personally, I'm rooting for that. Yeah, I think if I was just like myself and I didn't care about the cameras and I didn't think twice about anything I did. I was just like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And I don't really care of the repercussions, yeah. which maybe I should have cared a little bit more. But at the time I was like, I don't really care how this is going to be seen and I'm just going to do what I want to do. And no, it worked. and it worked yeah. out. I wanted to, I guess I just wanted to end with asking you number one thing, if you really had to pinpoint the number one way that you changed or that you grew from this, what do you think that would be? I think the number one way I would change from this would be understanding that an emotional connection that you have with someone is what's going to keep the relationship lasting because Harry and I going through all this long distance and all the ups and downs because we formed that emotional bond and it's so strong. Like the connection I have with him is going to be for life. Even if like something bad happens and we don't stay together. No, we're going to stay together. Scrap that. We're all together, but we're going to be able to get through everything because of that bond that we created. So the emotional bond that you have with people, like life is all about relationships, I think. And they're a lot more important than I thought. Like even relationships with other females in the house, you just have to learn to value, value other people as much as you value yourself and treat other people like you'd want to be treated. And I feel like that was the number one thing I took off the show. Yeah. No, I came across. Well, thank you. This was uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Of course, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Thank you guys so much. Of course, I'm excited for what's in your future. For thank sure. you. <laughs> Her and Harry, like genuinely, she you can hear it even when she stuttered for a second and said, "If we break up," and then stopped herself. Like she is in it. Who knows what's going to actually happen? I wish them the best, but he's 22 at the end of the day. You, you know, you know who knows. But she is really in it. I'm happy too. Like I'm really genuinely happy for them. Oh my God, me too. I I wish them nothing but happiness. I just, I don't know. Like I'm surprised at how, I didn't think a year later we'd still be in this position, I guess. No, I didn't either. But I think that's also like, I don't think anybody expected that anybody on the show would be anything a year later. Yeah. I wasn't going to say this to her because like, who am I? It does scare me a little, like how the intensity that they're putting on social media, not for my sake. I obviously love every second of it, but it's, it's kind of like, okay, just take a second. Like he'll still be there in a couple of days. You know, I don't know if it's right. trying to prove something or if they're just so excited and it's totally innocent. Maybe but, a little bit overcompensating, but who cares? It's like sweet. I mean, Julie, I could watch that shit all day. So the next interview we're going to cut to, which again, I don't know if I said this earlier, but these are pretty much all bits and pieces of the conversations because you know, the whole thing was probably two hours total and we just wanted to try to make it relatively concise. So we tried to pick the best parts, but this next one is with Sharon. This was also one where Julie's audio wasn't working. But the thing with him is, of course, I asked about Rhonda, et cetera, but I felt like there was a real level of growth with him that was different than other people because it wasn't only as it applies to love, I think internally he went through a lot. And a I kind of- A lot of emotional growth, yes. Yeah, and I wanted to go deeper on that. And I thought- I really appreciated how open he was with us. Like I, you know, he was right. talking about his childhood and talking about his dad. And, and I don't know, I just, I, I was very, I personally thought it was very interesting to hear. what do you think? I think that, no, I so agree. And I think that had we had this conversation with him, not that we, you, you know what I mean? Like prior to going on the show, he never would have had that conversation with anybody. And to have it with complete strangers, I thought exactly. it was amazing. Well, yeah, exactly. You guys will hear. He basically said that. Like he opened up to strangers and I think even posts, like in doing these interviews in a way that he 
never thought he would because that's just not how he was raised. So I appreciated him. And let's cut to that. We'll catch you guys after. So, you know, you spoke a lot, which we'll get into your situation with Rhonda in a second, but you kind of spoke a lot about how your trust with women was a little bit off because of some previous experiences. And you didn't touch on those too much, or at least we didn't get to see. And I was wondering if you could expand on that a little, like what happened even without giving specifics in your dating life that, that got you to the point where you had these walls up because we saw, you know, the person we saw at the beginning of the show and the person we saw at the end were two different people. And that's to your credit. I thought you really embraced the exercises. Um, but I was just curious, like from a past perspective, what do you, what got you to the point of being so guarded initially? Um, so, I mean, just trust it, it, it didn't necessarily have to, it didn't start out with women. Um, so it stemmed back to my upbringing. Um, my father just wasn't around my father. Um, he, he wasn't ever around. He always made promises. He was coming, he was going to like do better. Um, and, and he never did. So it just started from that. My mom was a single parent of six boys. Um, and mm-hmm. she raised all on her own. So from there, it's just like, like if my own father would do something like that, like that already tainted like my my perspective and, and my relationships with people. Right. Um, because it starts at home. I, I'm a firm believer, like everything starts at home. So that oh. happened. And then um, just being around, like just having older brothers and, and stuff like that and hearing stories and how like, I mean, they weren't the best guys either. Like, I mean, hey, I messed with this girl, you see what I'm saying? Or like their, their situations or they were dealing with girls that had may have boyfriends at the time or something like that. And I'm just like, so as a kid, I'm hearing this stuff or they'll tell you like, man, you can never trust a girl for this reason, for that reason. She has a boyfriend, but she's texting me. You see what I'm saying? Like, so different scenarios and different things you're hearing as a kid, you're just like, no, like, okay. Um, yeah. And then just the struggles that we've gone through. Like my family was like, my family dynamic is really messed up. Like, we come together only when it's necessary. Like we don't really have family gatherings. So it's just like only people I ever had in my life was my mom and my brothers. Right. So when I finally opened up the one time to my ex. Um, so I, I met this girl in college, really opened up to her, like brought around my family, my mom, then everyone embraced her and loved her. Um, and she ended up cheating on me with my best friend. So mm-hmm. it was like the one time I opened up to somebody outside of really my family and let you see me for me and, and get to know me inside and out. Like you do something like this to me. And I was just like, I was distraught. And yeah, no, from that of course. Point on, it was just like, do I really ever want to go through like the pain and, and the hurt that I felt? I never wanted to go through that again. Um, it was to the point that during that time, my mom came up to my school. Like she came to my school and stayed with me in my apartment. And she said, like, I've never seen you like this. I've never seen, like, I wasn't eating, I wasn't going to classes. I ended up going into counseling while I was in school. I was just like, yo, I've never been so hurt. You see what I'm saying? So Yeah, of course. No, I mean. From there, yeah, from there, I just had never, I never opened up again. Like I just, I, I, my friends, like I, I'm always, I've always been a friendly person. So I've always had a lot of friends, but it was just, I've trust, I could only trust them as far as I could throw them as well. So it yeah. just, like, that tainted my relationship with everybody. Like just the world, the way I perceive people. Um, right. Yeah. When I went on there, I was just like a broken record, like a broken crayon, thing that I was no good, not really able able to find someone good for me, someone that would like take like treat me right or or be real with me, be honest. So yeah. like, that's what that's all the stuff I was struggling with. So I, it was just everything that I experienced, like I said, as a kid and through my my upbringing, and even in, as an adult. Once I was in, was a, when I was in college, so. Through all of that, it just, I was taking that, all that emotion and frustration and I, and I was putting it all around us, so. Yeah, but I mean, I think, I think that your transparency is really beautiful. And I think, especially, I guess this is just a societal thing, but something I always feel is that like men, uh, obviously it's a generalization, but have a harder time expressing their emotions, not because they can't, but because they've been told that it's, it makes them weak or something, you know? And then there's this like fear of vulnerability. And I felt like you, what we watched, we watched someone really progress and really find comfort in vulnerability instead of such fear, you know? Right. I mean, so from having, from being raised by my brothers, because I didn't have a father figure. I mean, we were always taught, like, I mean, my mom, my brothers were the ones that were still in like the, that you got to be the man, the manliness aspects to me. Like mm-hmm. you have to be strong. You can't, don't cry. Like boys don't cry. You see what I'm saying? So as a kid, society, in society, they always teach like, oh, 
boys don't cry. Like, get up, be tough. You're a boy. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. think about that and how, and just being raised by my brothers, it was just, we never showed emotion. Like, yeah, we said, we tell each other we love, we love each other and, and all of that stuff. But I don't think I can really ever recall too many times I've seen even my brothers cry. Right. Well, so, so what was there just out of curiosity, what was there and your mom's reaction to, um, to seeing you on the show and, and seeing the journey that you went through? It was actually amazing. Actually, my, my brother, he actually, one of my brothers broke down when he watched the show. Um, he watched the part about the Heart Warrior Workshop and just seeing, I guess, like, I mean, because we all have our own way of expressing things and some of the stuff, like the struggles that we face, we don't even talk. I, I, I don't talk about those problems even to my own family because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm also one of the, like, I'm one of the stronger ones in my family when it comes to emotions. Like, I feel like I can hold everything in. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. my brother, they'll confide in me about stuff or my family will come to me and my mom will come to me and confide in me about stuff. So to see me break down on a show is like, is like, I guess it weighed on them as well. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, oh, it was so interesting because I think like, even as you're talking now, like the, I felt like the goal was to show, or one of the goals of the show was to like show the contestants that strength isn't in not being emotive, right? Like you can still be a very strong person and, and crying doesn't make you weak. If anything, it actually makes you strong. And like, it's such a, when things have been drilled into us for so long, it's such a perception shift, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that's exactly it. Like I, I used to think that showing emotion, being a vul- being vulnerable, vulnerability, it makes you weak. So when I was there, it was like, like I said, for a long time, I fought these emotions. Um, and now that I had the opportunity to really, and, and it makes a difference when you're around everybody, like other people who's also going through similar, like similar things, maybe not to the same extent, but we were all expressing like things that we were maybe not so proud of or things that was bothering us. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's easy when you're in that environment with everyone else opening up and being so comfortable, it allows you to do the same thing. Um, yeah, of course. So, but yeah, if like for my whole life, I just thought like, yo, if you show emotion, you show weakness, like you're less of a man. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so in terms of, you know, cause we, obviously we saw that your connection with Rhonda and we saw that you guys go through a little bit of a rocky time when you noticed, you know, you saw yourself pulling back and you noticed it. And I'm just curious now, you know, where you two stand because I've, everything I've read has been a little bit conflicting. I know she's in Georgia, you're in Jersey. Are you together? Not together? What's the deal? So Rhonda and I are not together. Um, and, and there's a, there was a number of things that, um, that was playing out, but I mean, the first thing, I think the biggest thing was that she, yeah, it was a distance. Like, I mean, we would like to say like, yeah, I walked out a better person. I still had things that I was still working on. So although it's easy and, and sometimes you, you get caught up in a moment, like when we're there, yeah, like that's my girl. You see what I'm saying? It's easy to be like, that's my girl because I know everything she's doing. Like, I mean, there's only so much she can do or only so much that I, like everything was going to come to light. What was done there. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I got back home, like one, I was just working. Um, like I'm the breadwinner of my family. Um, my, I lost my brother last year. Um, and he has two kids, two little girls that, so I'm helping raise my, my two of my nieces, um, taking care of my mom, my little brother's getting his master's degree. So it was just like, when I came back home, it was back to reality. Like we, it was, it was like, we weren't living in a normal world there. Yeah. Retreat. So when I came back here, I was like, I was back to working in a school where children with special needs. I was back to coaching. I was working security on the weekends. I was personal training in between all of that stuff. So it was just like, I got caught up in life. Um, and, and I lost my grandmother to breast cancer. And it was just like, I had to prioritize everything that was going on in my life. Not that she wasn't a priority, but it was like family first. I had to handle everything that's going on over here before I can make, make anybody happy or do anything else. Um, family's everything. So when all of that stuff was going on, um, yeah, I, I, I closed off for a little bit, like, and then like we, we got back in contact or, I'm not going to say we didn't lose contact. It was just like, I just was in my own world, like trying to handle everything on my own. Like I, like I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was easy for me to do that because like, she's not here to console me or like to nurture and, and to be here. Like she was on a show when I was going through different things. So, yeah. Um, 
So I just reverted back to what I knew um, in terms of just closing off and handling things like I have to handle them. Um, and then we got back in contact and, and things have been great since. But I mean, a relationship was just it, it, it just wasn't working. Like I said, if if distance wasn't an issue, then maybe yeah, things would have totally been different. But I mean, nonetheless, I respect her for who she is. I respect her and I have so much um so much appreciation for like all she's helped me go like grow and everything. Like I, there's nothing I could take away from her. And it, and honestly it wasn't her. It was just the things that I had going on, um, on at my own, at my own house. Yeah, no. And I'm so sorry about your grandma and, and about your brother. Do, do you, um, do you see a world in which you two could get back together? Or is that something that you're not even thinking about? Um, I mean, I would, at this moment, like I said, we're just, we're, we're really great friends. Um, and, and I don't know her situation to, to my knowledge. Um, she's like going through something or she's kind of rekindled something with a, a former friend or someone, something like that. So, I mean, like I said, but what's meant to be will be. So I'm not going to say no, but I, I can't give you a definite that there will be anything Yeah. Uh, at this moment. But like I said, we, we have a friendship and and if that's all that we have after all of this stuff, like I'm grateful for that. Okay. And now we will cut to a little bit of our conversation with Jerry O'Connell. Personally, my favorite part of this was hearing that Rebecca Romaine is really into Matthew. I'm glad, like, you know what? That was probably the funniest thing ever because it was the, not that it was, it just wasn't the most conventional pick, but it was so funny hearing him say it. As he, as Jerry's described, because obviously you guys know, Jerry is married to Rebecca Romaine and she was previously married to John Stamos. And when he's describing her type, I'm like thinking, does that meet the John Stamos mold? And I'm thinking, I don't know. He had longer hair back in the day. I was doing that too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess that kind of reminds me of John Stamos a little bit. Like maybe like season one of Full, Full House. <laughs> me too. Okay. So let's cut to that. A little palate cleanser and then we'll go to Chloe and David on the other side. Too Hot to Handle is literally one of my favorites because... Listen, aesthetically, of course, we like to look at muscular, beautiful people. You know, um, we love looking at Kells. We love looking, you know, at, man, my wife loved Matthew. When Matthew, you know who I'm talking about? The guy who. Yeah, of course. Who, 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 who resembled Jesus Almighty himself. Um yeah. My wife, you could see her body shake whenever he came on on screen. That's her type, like long hair. Yeah, man, couple tats. That is her. Do type. you know that he was on uh, he was on America's Next Top Model? I found out after. Yeah, you know. Listen, I I could get into you know this is where reality television gets a little murky because it becomes about people jumping to different franchises and everything. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not about actually trying to find companionship. It's about trying to get your, you know what the professional term is. Is it Q rating? What is that term that everybody uses in like TV? Yeah. yeah. Like you get like a name for yourself, you know? So it was so funny when Too Uh Hot to Handle starts up and you're like, oh, this is going to be just another boring reality show where people are trying to make a name for themselves. But then they take the sex aspect out of it. And, you know, people like Harry become infinitely more interesting. You know what I'm saying? I have to say, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard when Harry was denying that he did anything with Francesca and claiming that Francesca kissed him. And he was just speechless and couldn't even... (laughs) defend himself i mean <laughs> i'll tell you vanderpump I makes know. me laugh jacks on vanderpump makes me laugh that hard sometimes but man it's been a while since i've laughed that hard in a reality yeah, show it was it was the, no me too i mean do you think like i was really thinking about it what makes it so good what made it so enticing and do you really think it was the fact that they didn't have sex to rely on and they their you know different sides of their personalities had to come out you know, it's really funny. I mean, I, I love how deep we're getting. I mean, we could all write a thesis on on Hot to Handle after after this podcast. But um, I totally. think it's that I, you know, I think like the the overt sex in a lot of these types of shows. You know, I never watched um, Love Island, and I, I was thinking about jumping in there, but I'm sure 
Love Island is just, it's almost like, it's almost like on steroids, like the sex, like the, everybody hooks up on that show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, then this was totally different. And, yeah. and it looked like this was heading that way. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like a prude, but it's just like, it's bordering on like porn territory. You know what I'm saying? Where you're just, yeah. You know, it's the same thing when you watch a show like Bad Girls Club. It's like, oh, man, are we really going to fight again? Like, like it's just it, – it gives you a little bit of an uneasy feeling, you know? Like, you shouldn't be watching something that's happening, you know? And, and it's so funny because Hot to Handle really took that premise and that sort of, like, standing on the precipice of something's about to go down and sex and then immediately took it away from them. And it actually made it – infinitely more sexual because the tension. Oh my God. Yes. You could cut the tension with a knife. What did you think just in terms of some, some specific couples, what was your initial take on Francesca and the way that that whole thing was handled with, you know, starting off with Harry. uh, Here's what's so funny about hot to handle. I really loved every couple and really rooted for them. I, I really was rooting for Harry and Francesca. I mean, from the beginning. And typically, when you watch, you know, these sort of hyper-reality reality shows, I mean, they shouldn't even be called reality because there's nothing real about them, you know? Um, but you're like, oh, like, they shouldn't be together, you know? Um, so-and-so's too fake. So-and-so's in this for the wrong reasons. So-and-so just wants followers. Um, but... I really felt they were a really good couple and you were really rooting for them. I was rooting for those crazy kids. I really liked him. I, I really liked everyone. I thought Kells's um, hyper-masculine on the big dog stuff was a little, was a little much for me, but it made, yeah. it makes for interesting television. You know, you sort of need these characters. I, I got to tell you, right. also- in our household, um, I mean, it was my, it was my wife who really, I watched her body shake every time Matt came, came on screen. And anytime, (laughs) anytime he said something like, Hey, we got to stop kissing each other. We're losing money. I would see my wife like quietly, like nod her head and go, he's right. He's right. (laughs) That's so funny. That is so funny. Oh my God. Like you said, it was a very aesthetically pleasing cast. They were, they were, you know, which, which does help. And we spoke yesterday to Chloe and David, and I got to tell you, David is such a sweetheart. Oh, loved him. He really was. You, you could tell he was really kind. Remember when he was crying? I was like, I really, uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed seeing, a non-aggressive side of hot reality stars in Too Hot to Handle. And it's why it was such an enjoyable show. It's really funny. Somebody sat down and went, okay, we need hot people. Check. We need uh, there to be sexual tension. How do we increase the sexual tension? We do it by not allowing them to have sex. And it really worked out. I had to get you on because, well, you know how much we love you, but I sensed your enthusiasm and I wanted to hear your thoughts. And I'm so glad you are as on board as we are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was really into it. Listen, if you ever talk about 90 Day, please also get me on there. Okay, next we spoke to Chloe. And just since in the spirit of quarantine and being super transparent with our audience, let me tell you guys what happened. <laughs> about a minute before, her Wi-Fi wasn't working. So it ended up being that she was on speakerphone through the Netflix PR woman's uh, computer. And shockingly, the audio ended up totally fine. I could not believe it. I can't even like think about how many issues we had in the making of this one episode. We've never, we've had more issues in the making of this episode than we've ever had in the entirety of our podcast. Also, this episode was the one, the only one where my audio was fine and we still had to do something to do it right. (laughs) It's so true. Um, Anyway, so she, Chloe's just a sweetheart. I really liked her. I asked her like what a geezer is and, and uh, just some other, uh, you know, character related questions. So let's cut to that. What was your expectation before you came on? You know, what was your kind of like view of the show in general and what, what were you expecting to get from it? Um, to be honest, like I didn't know anything about the show and 
they literally said like you have to be single and it's in like a luxury villa so I was like okay sweet let's go um I thought it was going to be like um full of fit guys girls just like hooking up um finding love at the same time but I mean it, looking back now it was impossible to kind of find love without them rules being enforced it was interesting because we saw you know, I, I think even just in, in the short amount of time, definitely a transformation with you. And I, I thought specifically the way that you confronted the Bryce situation and then confronted the Corey situation with a lot of a bravery and honestly, a lot of self-respect. Like, how did you feel watching that back? Oh, thank you. Do you know what my dad said to me? Promise me one thing. And I said, what? What do you want me to promise you? And he said, go in there with your dignity, dignity and make sure you bring it back home. And that is exactly what I done. I stuck to his word, and I think they're really proud of me because I've always let girl, girls and guys walk all over me. And I just thought, you know what? Enough is enough. Like I need to kind of respect myself. Otherwise, how is anyone else going to respect me? They're not. And because I'm so like positive all the time, like it was really hard to kind of stop for a second and think, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't treat someone like that. And because I knew that millions of people were going to be watching. I had to lead by example and I have to show all the girls out there that you don't need a guy to value yourself and to respect yourself um, it will come when you start loving yourself and respecting yourself as well absolutely no it's yeah. true I mean you know in terms of speaking like you just said with with girls and with guys in terms of feeling previously like you let them walk all over you I wanted to talk about the scene where you confronted Francesca because I felt like that was you know, I was so proud of you. <laughs> I so agree, Em. <laughs> right? A hundred percent, yes. Yeah, tell me, how did you feel? What was going through your head? Well, I mean, it was something that just needed to be done. Um, so, obviously, all the guys fancied Francesca. Like, even I fancied Francesca. She was just a gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I spoke to Francesca quite a few times in regards to the Corey situation and was like, I really like him. Can you give me some advice? And she was like, Chloe, babe, like, this is your geezer. And I was really, like, involved in the Corey situation. And... Obviously, she was in a relationship with Harry. So I thought, well, she's never going to go on a date with him. And because Corey's told me that he likes me, then he's obviously going to take me. So I got ready and I thought, after him asking me to stay in his bed and we shared a kiss, broke the rules, like everyone thought me and him were perfect together. When I heard that Francesca had gone on a date with Corey, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, I feel sorry for Harry. Um, but then the second thing was, she was meant to be my friend. And, and watching it back, I think, yeah, she kind of told him, I'm with Harry. But then the scene next to the hot, like on the hot tub, when I watched that back, she could have quite easily said, why don't you tell Chloe how you feel? And Harry could have done the exact same thing. Why don't you tell Chloe how you feel? And I think I was more upset and I started crying <laughs> because I was kept in the dark and I felt like no one was honest with me. And that's something that I expect when I'm honest to other people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. No, I... Yeah, I think that you. I just felt like I had to confront Francesca and just say, like, that isn't right. You don't treat girls like that, especially your friends. Like, you, you don't go behind your friend's back. And then this is the consequence. I'm just not going to talk to you. Yeah, but it was done. It, there's a lot of different ways that that could have gone down. And I thought that you handled it really well. Like, I thought you stood up for yourself without coming across, like, overly aggressive, you know? Yeah. I just thought it was, it was, you know, and I'm also curious, like, what is your relationship with these people been since the show? Are there people you're still friendly with? Yeah, I mean, I speak to everyone. I was on FaceTime with Bryce the other day, Matthew, Nicole, I speak to every day. We're like best friends. We really want to move in together. Um, <laughs> I, speak to, I speak to everyone on the show. Harry, I FaceTimed the other day. Francesca, I've spoken to. Like, we're all really good friends. That's really nice. That's so great. 
what do you think about the other people's relationships? Like we're talking later today, we're talking to David um, and we're talking tomorrow to Sharon. And I obviously want to hear about Rhonda. Like now I'm watching, you know, Francesca and Harry with all these YouTube videos. What is your thought on what, what happened in terms of other couples? Um, to be honest, I mean, when you're in like a, a pressurized situation like that, your emotions are so high that it's easy to fall in love with someone on the show. And you have to really be strong, a really strong couple to keep that grounded on the outside world. And I think I... To be honest, Rhonda and Sharon, I feel like they need to address whatever's happening with them, whether they're still together or single. Um, in terms of David, um, I don't think he's dating anyone at the moment. Um, but I mean, I don't really know what everyone else's relationships are. Um, I know that Nicole and Bryce are dating. Um, Each other? I, I don't they're dating yeah what? no way yeah nicole and bryce are dating oh my god i didn't know that no idea they're like seeing each other they're not like official but they're kind of like seeing how things go but i know that she wants to go to la and see him as soon as quarantine's over oh wow. Oh my god wow <laughs> who knew exciting. <laughs> wow i mean i felt like he had a little bit, I mean, I think everybody had a, a bit of a transformation with the exception of the people that left, but I feel like for him, he was very, you know, open. He, he really, he confronted some of his feelings, which I was, again, I was proud of him watching. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bryce is on my wavelength in so many different ways. Like, he's open, he's honest, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I love that. But I mean, me and him were more like just friends towards the end. Like, there wasn't a spark when we kissed, and it was very just like bland whereas um I, I don't want to settle for anything less than fireworks do you know what I mean of course yeah absolutely as you should I think I think I don't know I, I felt like that that came across like in you it was just crazy because it's such a short amount of time and it was only eight episodes but we really got to see the evolution and I feel like anything that you wanted to portray, it came across because you've been so well received. Like we, people are very honest in terms of our DMs of what they think and their opinions. And I don't know, I think you were just definitely a fan favorite. So you should feel good about that. Oh, thank you. Do you know what? It absolutely means the world to me because I've never always, like people, I'm used to people saying to me, oh, you're so annoying or you're so hyper all the time. Like, how do you have friends? And like people have been so nasty to me in the past. I finally feel like I've been accepted. It's oh. like all my fans, everyone oh. that's like been supporting me, even you guys, it means the absolute world to me because... I feel like I have come across really well because I was true to who I was. I wasn't fake. I wasn't pretending to be anyone else. And I'm really glad of the outcome. Oh, that makes me so happy. I, I have one final question for you that was so highly requested. People want you to explain in your own words what a geezer is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I know that the Americans think a geezer is someone who's an old man, but in Essex we say geezer. So a geezer is basically someone that holds himself well. He has swag, he dresses well, and he holds himself like a man. Like you look at him and he's fit, and you're just like, oh, he's a geezer. So, of all of the guys, who was the most geezer-like? Looks-wise or the whole package? The whole package. Whole package. Oh, okay. Um, I would say David. Yeah, I agree with you That's on that. That's a good call. He's definitely a geezer. Definitely. I mean, Corey looks like a geezer, but he's not. Right. Um, <laughs> Harry has got the banter of a geezer, but David is definitely my, my pick. Yeah, I that was my choice. I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> was I the only one that had no idea that Nicole and Bryce were dating? <laughs> no, I mean, you heard my reaction. I had no idea either. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. I was happy. I I mean, Chloe's a sweetheart. I, I think she was like, and I said this to her, she was a fan favorite. Everybody got her energy immediately. But I was happy to hear her 
say that like she recognizes that a guy like Corey is just so beneath her at this point, no matter how good looking he is. And I was like, yes, that is what I want for you, you know? <laughs> yes, 100%. She was sweet, wasn't she? She's very sweet. And I think that the show in the beginning especially gave her a little bit out of a rep. But when I was talking to her, I was like, you are such a sweetheart. And like, not as like, not the way you were portrayed on the show, in my opinion. I didn't want to ask her this question because I just felt like she said that she was really happy with the way that she was portrayed. So I didn't need to dig deeper, but like they made her out to be the narrator. And I don't know if it was Lana too, but just the narrator, like as this ditzy kind of airhead, which I guess she had her moments, but I think she's a smart girl. And I actually think she has a lot of emotional intelligence and I appreciated the way that she interacted with people. So I think that they, I get it. They were playing into the like character of it, but I'm curious how she felt about that, you know? Totally. And I think, I think they really played up the ditzy thing in like the first two episodes. And then as it went on, it like wasn't as much. But when I was taught, when we were talking to her, I was like, you're really, really not as ditzy as they made you out to be. No, completely. Um, so the last person that we spoke to was David. He's just a sweetheart. I really, he, he's just a nice guy. And um, again, these are only bits and pieces of the conversation, but he's nice to look at. He's also <laughs> nice to listen to. And uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Okay, so let's cut to that. I think like the biggest thing initially was this change from kind of just casual dating to what, I would call like purposeful dating. So like now Mm -hmm. I'm going into like meeting a girl and I'll think to myself like, okay, cool. Is, is she someone I could see myself dating for a long term? You know, is it like, Mm -hmm. are they presenting qualities with me, which, which work well with my life? And like, is this someone I can see a future with? And actually like dating for the point of potentially having a serious partner rather than, what I was doing in the past, which was very much dating just to kind of have fun and live in the moment. So it's just that shift of mindset, I think. Right. Do you think that it's changed your view on sex? Forgetting, like, aside from dating, just sex in general? Um, potentially. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. I want honesty. No, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one I mean- because, like, sex is, there's so many different like ways right and <laughs> obviously yeah, I mean, posit- yeah. but what i mean is that like you can have sex for so many different reasons as well right so like you can be in a loving relationship and make love and have sex and everything's like very much in that relationship or you can have like exploratory sex or you can have like just kind of casual sex like and they can all be done for the right reason as in as long as the point for which you're doing it is not for a negative reason then it's not to mask an insecurity or it's not to um, try and get validation, you know, things like that. As long as you're doing Mm -hmm. it for a reason that makes you feel good because you're already feeling good, you're not trying to fix something or fill a hole, then Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like, you know, all sex is good. I think that one of the reasons that you've been received well is because yeah, like maybe you like to sleep around, et cetera, but I think you always conveyed a level of respect towards women. And, you know, that it's okay to explain that your feelings aren't necessarily there without doing it in a rude way. And I think that that's something, I don't know if it's because of how you were raised. I don't know enough about you, but there's definitely something there that works in the way that you express that, you know? Thanks. So tell me what's going on with Lydia. So are you single now? Um, Lydia and I are like really close. Mm -hmm. We're really good friends. And um, like, she definitely has like a kind of soft spot in my heart, Um, but we're not we're not necessarily dating at the moment. No. Um, like what we had on the show was really special and it definitely was like, we were both really useful for each other. You know, we both learned mm-hmm. a lot from our interaction on the show and like subsequently like staying in touch and talking things through. And like, we both are like, we're in touch with each other all the time, but it's just like nothing ever progressed further than that. So confirmation, you are technically still single and potentially, you know, open if someone were to slide into your DMs. I am technically still single, yes. Okay, that was an important distinction that I was asked to make. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and that's a wrap. How do you feel? I'm so happy we did that. Julie, thank you for letting me do this. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I literally, like, I watched it before Julie and I texted her. I was like, I am 
just don't, don't mind me. I'm making this happen. And I like start ferociously DMing all of these people. And I don't know, we pulled it together in a couple of days and, um, <laughs> Once I watched, I got it. Once I watched, I was like, obviously we have to do this episode. Obviously we have to do it. Like what? Oh my God. I cannot believe that these people were in a house for a month being told they had to abstain from sex by like a robot. Like what the fuck is going on? I, I thought the robot was the best part. First of all, the best part. I have so many questions. I wish we could have interviewed her. I know. <laughs> Anyway, that's it. We will see you guys on Friday for our Kardashian bonus show. And we'll be back on Monday for our regular episode with Justin Sylvester. And I also wanted to tell you guys that we were nominated for a Webby Award for our account. Um, two, two nominations, actually. And our podcast received an honorable mention. So we put it on our stories. But if you go to Webby Awards and you search us, you can vote for both categories. It would mean the world to us. We are literally up against like the tonight show and game of thrones and ridiculous things and it's such an honor and it would it takes a minute and it would just really mean so much to us so thank you in advance and we love you guys welcome to nada yada island this season on nada yada island when we were new they spoiled me they even gave me a phone but then it's like i didn't exist Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.